0: Yo, I'm Izzy. Welcome back to the Strange on Purpose podcast. From professionals in sports, footwear, fashion, and so much more, this is a show highlighting the imperfections of everyone's journey and the similarities between us all. This podcast wouldn't be possible without Yellowbrick. The team at Yellowbrick is changing the way education should look from career altering experiences to access to education. Yellowbrick is shattering the glass ceiling of education and providing access to industries that were deemed unattainable for so long. Check them out at yellowbrick.co. Welcome back to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Of course, you have Izzy as your host again today. I am talking with somebody that is awesome Uh, i talked with her a few weeks ago and she just so happens to be a uh, hails from milwaukee as well and um, is someone again that is so cool and her role with the chicago red stars is extremely dope and she's passionate about women's sports and it's something that i really wanted to hit on after our last episode with alexis that and it re- she, Alexis really inspired me to kind of reach out to Lindsay, Lindsay Goldner from the Chicago Red Stars. So Lindsay, I appreciate you jumping on the Strange On Purpose podcast.
1: It is absolutely my honor and pleasure to be here. That was quite the intro. I cannot remember <laughs> the last time somebody used the word dope to describe me. And I'm going <laughs> to let my husband know that you said that because that's awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think it was my mom. Yeah, my mom texted me. Uh, not too long ago when she was she was listening to one of her first episodes Uh, she didn't know that i was on spotify and she thought it was a massive deal Um, (laughs) but so she's she was uh going through and listening and she's like i just listened to your first episode um with azim khan um and he is dope he is dope Izzy." and i was like what are you talking about i listened back and that's like all i i call everyone dope that's like my i feel like that's my uh Descriptive word that I love calling people when I think that like their backgrounds and everything like that are just so, uh, for lack of better terms, dope. So uh, <laughs> it's been it's been cool, uh, and I I'm surprised that you haven't been called dope in a long
1: time. I haven't, but I will take it, and I think it's underused <laughs> and good for you for using it.
0: <laughs> well, I like I said, I appreciate you jumping on, and I'm really excited to talk about everything that you have your journey and everything like that and yeah. more specifically women's sports and the red stars yeah but there's going to be some people that are listening today they're like they might be in the chicagoland area they might not and they're like all right i know i don't know who the red stars are i don't know who Lindsay is why should they keep listening like what what who
1: are you and what do you do Yes. Um, Well, let me introduce myself and then I'll segue into the Red Stars. Um, Hi, I'm Lindsay, uh, and I am the (laughs) Director of Marketing and Communications for the Chicago Red Stars, and we are a professional women's soccer team that plays in the Chicagoland area, and we have an incredible roster of women, including several World Cup champions and Olympians, that are playing in your backyard, and you can see them for as little as $12 a game. So if you didn't know who we were, you're not alone. Um, I actually didn't know who the Red Stars were before I went on my last job hunt. So uh, that's partially you know, what I'm doing at the club is making sure that we're raising awareness of this amazing, talented group of women that are um, so accessible to the public here.
0: I think I would be lying if I said that after the Olympics um, or the last World Cup, I wasn't on the Red Stars uh, shop page looking for a jersey <laughs> immediately because I was like, "Wait, this! I, I think there was a special on, I believe Julie Johnson, who's now Julie Ertz." Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, "Wait, she plays in Chicago? I didn't even know." And I, I, growing up, I was in, I lived in Chicago for a little bit and was in the Chicagoland area up until college, and I still didn't know. And I was like, "Wow, this." this is really cool. I, I need to attend a game. And when while I still haven't, I look at everything that not just the Red Stars have done, but the, the league as a whole has done and how much mm-hmm. growth has go, gone into it. And it's something that's so cool looking at from the outside. And some people don't really give the league or enough credit for what it's been able to do to this point and how much potential it has in its future. So that's... I'm really, like I said, I'm really excited to talk uh, today. And you mentioned something that was really, uh, it's eye-opening for most people when you said that you were on your job hunt and you didn't even know who the the red stars were. Yeah. And you were like, you told me like, hey, if I don't know who they are, they probably need my help type of thing. <laughs> Which is an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, just way to kind of figure out it it, figured it out. And I think, I think what the audience is going to be, what I would, I'm going to ask the question, what the audience would probably want me to ask is, Mm -hmm. so what, what do you do with the red stars and why, why are you so passionate behind it?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, what I do my day to day, it's, it's quite a, a broad range. You know, we are, um, a pretty small front office compared to a lot of other professional sports, especially on the men's side. Uh, so I manage everything from our public relations to all of our digital properties, our social media. I work very closely with um, you know, our merch vendor and our sales team to help provide them what they need in order to be driving revenue for all of the wonderful products and services we have outside of game day tickets. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's really wherever uh, I can drive revenue, um, enhance the brand voice, I'm there. Um, in terms of why I'm so passionate about it, gosh, well, you know, I, um, I've, I've been on quite the career journey and my last job, I, I was working in the gaming industry and I ended up getting pregnant and having my, my first child, my daughter, Lucy, and I just kind of woke up one day and I, I knew I wanted to be a working mom, but I wanted to work somewhere where I felt like I was contributing to the greater good and, and to be marketing a product I was passionate about. And while gaming was a fascinating inter- industry to be in, I, I'm not a, a gamer, I'm not a gambler. So I uh, kind of just set out on a search, and I, I put you know some keywords in and I set an automation to give me a daily email of jobs that, that fit that description. And one day in my inbox were the Chicago Red stars. And I said, "Who the heck are the Chicago Red stars?" <laughs> Which led me down, you know this internet rabbit hole. and I kind of had that epiphany that you had, like, "Wait a minute. Wait. Julie Ertz is here. Yeah. And, and I can see her, and she probably won't leave the stadium until she's signed my ticket. It, it's just the accessibility of this sport, is it's wild. Wow. Um, And so I just said to myself, okay, it's probably a long shot. I have no sports background, but I'm just going to apply. Like, let's just see what happens. And I got a call a couple of days later, like, you have one of the most interesting resumes we'd ever seen. Like, why do you want to work here? <laughs> Which just led to this great conversation of, you know, I've, I've marketed a lot of things in my time. I can learn anything uh, in terms of industry. You need somebody who has the, the tools in their tool belt to get your name out there, and that's me. And a couple days later, they hired me, and here I am, one wow. pandemic later.
0: <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Um, you, mentioned something, you, you mentioned something about brand voice, mm-hmm. and I do want to talk on that because when people think about their brand, the way the 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 brand sounds and, and is heard is not something that comes to mind immediately for most. So what does that mean for the red stars? And how closely does that brand voice match your voice?
1: I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, it's it's incredibly important to the red stars that we are authentic and that um we sound like and represent the diverse fan base and staff that we have um, and the community that we're we're within here in the chicago area so one of the things i did when i first came on board was we went through a brand voice exercise identifying what are we what aren't we and what was so cool about it was at the end the voice that we landed on is my voice and Uh the voice of so many other um women who are passionate about their community, about um, women having the same opportunities as men, about how you identify your gender, um, not holding you back in any way. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised because it was just the reinforcement I needed to, to just remind me that I made the right decision. Uh, this is the first time I've gotten to work on a brand where writing from their perspective is so natural because Hmm. it's a shared perspective and it's really refreshing to put you know not have to put on a different hat all the time and just feel like you know i would say this and so would the red stars
0: that's from a marketer's perspective that's almost everyone's dream where i'm guessing with the the positions in the gaming industry you had to kind of Uh, put yourself in somebody else's shoes to get that copy out or anything like that. Whereas now it's, like you said, it just comes naturally. And it's something that you're passionate about. And it's something that you're writing that you would be okay that your daughter is rereading or anything like that. And you would hopefully be igniting a fire on under her or anything like that, which is amazing, amazing, amazing.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm very lucky.
0: When we talk about sports it's not an industry that uh i i was in the industry for a little bit and it's a very very competitive industry so when they said hey you have one of the most interesting resumes or applications that we've ever received Mm -hmm. i'm guessing that it wasn't just interesting based off that gaming position can you give us a little bit of insight as to like your Growing up and in college and how that really that journey kind of shaped itself out to now landing at the red stars
1: Yeah, I mean so for college. I, I went to the University of Minnesota Twin Cities go gophers uh, and I got a journalism a journalism degree and I uh, You know there were different tracks you could focus on mine was more strategic communications PR focused and um, and I graduated in 2009 at the height of the recession, which was oh. lovely. Uh, so I, it was it was a challenge to find a job, but I was fortunate enough. I, I got a gig at um, a publishing company as a sales and marketing assistant, and worked there for about a year. But you know, as an assistant position, there wasn't really anywhere up to move into um, the next you know role in, in that world would have been my boss. So I decided to kind of you know. Pivot and take a look at what else was out there, and I actually landed in the ad agency world. I moved back to Milwaukee and joined a firm called Laughlin Constable, which had offices in um, Chicago, Milwaukee, and New York, with Milwaukee as their headquarters. And you know, it was there that I really got to dip my toe into all of the you know avenues by which you can bring a brand to life. And that's what I loved about the agency side of things: is I got to experience you know, radio, TV, print, digital, the, the whole realm um, of opportunities that there there were to promote a brand and, and bring them to life, like I said. So I worked on a, a variety of accounts, everything from, you know, nonprofit and, and pro bono work like the Milwaukee Ballet and Lung Cancer Alliance to, you know, James Hardy, which is fiber cement siding. I, I was all over the board, uh, but it was great to dive into these different categories and, and learn so much so quickly. And then from there, I went to um, another Milwaukee-based ad agency called BVK and went more into the um, travel sector, so I was working on United Vacations and FunJet Vacations when I was there. Um, and then, you know, I kind of started to pursue the whole, the whole women's passion and I, I went to a small women-owned and operated startup agency in Chicago, that's what brought me here, uh, called Jane Agency which was a great experience. You know, I went from these large and mid-sized mid-size agencies to a shop that was, you know, 12 of us. Um, so I got to wear so many different hats there instead of just being in my singular role on the account mm-hmm. service side. I got to, you know, be more involved in, in creative and planning and all of these other aspects of the business, which was incredibly valuable to me. Um, and then I started to settle down and got married and decided I wanted something a little bit more 9 to 5, a little more stable, and I got into the gaming world. I went to a company called Scientific Games and became a, a marketing director there for a specific product that they had um, called SG Universe. And I was there for a good 5 years, I'd say, before I, I took this new role at the Red Stars. And, my time at the, in the gaming industry, you know, we did everything gambling related, slot machines, table games, lotteries. it was heavily dominated um, by males. Uh, you know, that industry has been and probably will be for quite some time, although they, they're making strides as well. It's just it's just slow and steady. Uh, and I, I went from a space on the agency side where it was it was pretty mixed between men and women to almost always being the only woman in the room, which was, a challenge, um, but I learned a lot from those challenges, and and you know, fortunately, I did have some wonderful female role models there who kind of helped guide me through the the waters, <laughs> and I made it out better, and am, am now you know at this wonderful role where I'd say we're probably seventy five percent women in the front office side, and and very diverse, which is a very welcome change of pace.
0: That's awesome. When we talk about male dominated, mm-hmm. we um, there's a, there's a ton of industries that are male dominated. So when you went into these rooms or these these meetings or anything like that and decided, or just sat down, did you feel like your your voice was being heard the the way you wanted it to be, or do you feel like you needed to kind of in a sense, speak up a little bit more just to get the same point across than your your male counterpart would have yeah. had to.
1: Um, it was such an art form, Izzy. I can't even <laughs> tell you the the tropes that you hear are true. You know, if you um, don't speak up enough or you're not loud enough, then you'll, you'll never be heard or taken seriously. If you speak up too much, then you're considered, you know, bossy and rude. And it's just finding that balance that men don't have to think about when they choose to open their mouth in a meeting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That was frustrating. And that I did have to turn to some of the women who had made their way through that world before me um, to get advice. But at the end of the day, my approach, which some may or may not agree with, um, was I just decided to be myself Mm-hmm. And if that was considered too much or not enough, I didn't really care. Um, you know, I wasn't there to make friends. I was there to do my job. And so I tend to be a pretty outspoken person. I'm a straight shooter. And some people probably thought that I was, you know, not as um, warm and fuzzy and soft as society believes a woman should be. But I just went for it. Um, yeah. And I didn't really care care if they liked it or not <laughs> because I, I got that. my job done and I did it well so what are they going to say you know
0: exactly I love that mentality I think the the amount of or did a, a season on women and sneakers and the amount of women the differentiating um, voices that need to needed to they needed to be compared to if I was in that room and just decided to speak up and I didn't have to worry about that and from my perspective it was just mind blowing to me that there like you said it has to be an art form which it shouldn't really have to be but it is and it's it's something that um, obviously we need to kind of tear that down and and work together and. Making sure that that's not a thing moving forward, but mm-hmm. it's people like yourself that decide you know what I'm gonna be myself and I'm gonna let my work speak for itself and it 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 shows so many people that have these biases or anything like that that it's it's dumb <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day for to put it as simple as possible it's just dumb
1: yeah yeah it it is and I guess what I would tell women who find themselves in those situations too is don't underestimate your, your power to help the next woman either. Um, you know, people do learn and grow. And if you can start to reshape expectations and, you know, bring another woman into the room or uplift a woman who's not there but who did some good work on your behalf, those little gestures mean a lot. Uh, so just, you know, keep in mind somebody did that before you and you can do it for somebody else too.
0: Going into, um, t- I want to talk about your agency experience a little bit here, mm-hmm. because anybody that's outside of Milwaukee probably still knows those two those two agencies that you spoke of. Those are those are some pretty big agencies, so or even three with June. So with that experience, how how much did that experience help you from making that? massive massive jump from gaming to i'm gonna work in sports
1: it was so important and i really think it's what sold arnhem who's the owner of the chicago red stars on my ability to make the transition um what's so beautiful beautiful about the agency world is that you do get to touch so many different brands and you do get to become an expert on so many different industries that you may have known nothing about before you pitched the business um, fiber cement siding is a great example. You know, I was a 27 year old, 26 year old kid. I had no idea. I didn't own a home. I had never researched or purchased siding. But if you give me the materials and you let me talk to the right people, I can become an expert on any industry and figure out, you know, what's important when a purchaser is making their decision as to what siding they're going to buy. What what makes this one special? You know. Those are all things you, you can identify. What you What's harder to learn on the fly are the strategies, the tools, um, the ways in which you can retarget and market and message. And that's, that's the conversation that I think was the, the deal sealer for the Red Stars, was I, I told him, I don't know soccer, and I'm not going to pretend I do know soccer, but you can teach me soccer, and what mm. I can teach you is how to get your message out and he said, "Let's do it <laughs> that that was that, so um I think agency world if you're if you're a marketer and you're starting out and you're trying to consider where to go, it's a work hard, play, hard environment. You know, my schedule was nuts when I was there, um, but did I learn a lot in a short period of time i I couldn't recommend it more. I think yep. it it really opened the door for me
0: so you hit on something." That is it's interesting that we can transition into. You said that the agency, the time at an agency, obviously you were working your butt off and mm-hmm. um, and just building my own. Uh, there's no such thing as a nine to five in agencies. As many no. times as people tell you, I had clients hitting me up at 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning because oh, yeah. they weren't happy with a copy or a specific, like half a second in a video or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So... That experience going into an agency, and jumping into sports, where it clearly is not a nine to five job.
1: <laughs> no, it is not.
0: How was that adjustment for you? Uh, obviously, it seems like you had a pretty, pretty smooth process in regards to uh, the movement, but like just the industry in general, and knowing, not knowing, maybe that you're jumping into something that an industry that is literally. 247, 365 all the time
1: yeah i guess um it was a little bit of a rude awakening uh you know i went from the agency side which was kind of the same thing where it's you know you have your accounts your customers are hitting you up and your clients are hitting you up at all hours they've got your cell phone and i moved into you know the corporate world where it was a, a little bit more um scheduled and Mm -hmm. a little more predictable and then I moved back into this world where it was like you had to be ready to go all the time and granted COVID has even thrown a whole other you know loop into that that need to always be on and available and online Um, so it has been a little bit of a shock but for me it's all about if you're passionate about what you're doing it doesn't always feel like work um, you know, there are times where if I have downtime and I'm sitting, I think about, oh, you know what? I've been really wanting to like revamp that portion of our website. I'm gonna get on and look at it. Not because anyone told me I needed to do it, but because I really want to. I care uh, and I'm passionate about it. So it that part has been easier. I think it's harder when you have a job like that where it always feels like work. If you have a job, You'll never have a job that never feels like work. But if it, a lot of the times it doesn't, that helps when you have that on traditional schedule. Plus having a support system. Do not underestimate a support system, especially as a working mother. It's, there is no shame in asking for help.
0: Did you, so your mentors currently, did you start to seek out mentors within the sports industry or did you kind of keep that circle that you had from the, the roles in gaming or in the agency setting?
1: Um, it's been a combination. You know, my transition into the sports industry happened so fast that I didn't really, you know, seek out anybody prior to getting the position. I kind of just applied, got the call, got <laughs> hired, and said, okay, let's go. Um, you know, but since starting, I've had the opportunity within the organization and outside of it to talk to a lot of people who, um, you know, have transitioned into the industry or some who have, you know, went to school seeking this out and have continued on that path. And it's been eye opening, especially the women that don't work on the women's sports side. Uh, It's a very different experience than those of us who who work in women's sports. You know, those are the women who are experiencing a lot of what I experienced in the gaming world, where sometimes they're the only woman in the room and, and they're putting on this performance. But Um, we're very fortunate at the Red Stars. And I think in the NWSL as a whole that that we're much more female dominant and, and diverse.
0: So when we when we talk about the Red Stars, and women's sports in general, how do we how do we get the Red Stars to how do we help the Red Stars get to where they want to be and not just the Red Stars, but the NWSL and women's sports in general, where when do we stop seeing the trolls on social media when do we stop seeing that and start to see these women for what they are which are exceptional professional athletes that mm-hmm. you can yeah you can go to their game for like you said less than 12 dollars a game and you can get your ticket signed by Julie Ertz and that's that's not an experience you can get anywhere else
1: yeah you know, I, I think there's the little things, and then we can talk bigger picture. Yeah. Um, the little things are talk about us um, to your family, to your friends. Let them know that we exist. Spread the word. Um, tune in. Help our ratings. Um, you know, we're accessible on Twitch and CBS All Access and CBS Sports. Uh, so find out where the games are going to be and watch them. Um, have them on. You know, have a beer. Enjoy the game if you're 21. Um, (laughs) Those are like the little things you as an individual can do. Plus, purchase merch. If you're in the area, come to a game. You know, enjoy. I think bigger picture, societally, you know, the trolls are never going to go away. Um, They'll always be there in, Mm -hmm. in some capacity. And I think that's just the nature of the world that we live in. But I think the key is, you know, if I believe that if women's sports were given the same airtime, the same media coverage, and the same sponsorship dollars that the men's leagues are given, the possibilities would be endless. And, and that's the big picture. You know, I, I listened to this um, interview with Sarah Spain, who is an a ESPN journalist, who was saying, you know, it's, it's all about getting women's sports coverage. If you think about it, You know, you may never watch Little League, and then suddenly ESPN tells you to watch Little League because there's some cute kid and they say you should like it. And suddenly you're watching Little League or it's the Olympics and you've never heard of curling, but ESPN tells you, here's what curling is, here are the stakes, here's who's playing. And suddenly you find yourself crying at the end of a curling match because Mm -hmm. of the guy who won. You know, it's the same would be true for women's sports if we could get coverage if they could tell the stories share the stakes people would be interested because these are world class athletes um, so that i mean big picture we, we need the same treatment in order to see the same success
0: do you look for and i'm asking as you as the as the brand mind and the voice do you look for influence In specific or where do you look for influence uh, when it comes to these campaigns or these, these, um, this, these pieces of content that you you post um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, anywhere? Where do you look for influence for that?
1: Oh, gosh, Um, a lot of different places, but I I will say a lot comes from the community that we live in Mm -hmm. and what matters to them because What's incredible is that, you know, when I came into this role, I guess I kind of had a preconceived notion of what a sports fan was. And I assumed that the NWSL and the Red Stars would follow suit in that notion. But what I found was that our supporters and our fans are not um, just fans of the sport. They're a community. Um, These are people who truly care about women's sports about um, each other, about um, key issues in our community, like Black Lives Matter and the equal pay fight and all of these other things that are going on in soccer or Chicago um, or the world for that matter. And so I've taken a lot of cues from them and what I see them talking about and caring about. And if you follow us on social, of course we have soccer content because first and foremost, we're a soccer team but we're talking about a whole lot of things that aren't soccer related, mm-hmm. because we have a platform where we can bring these people together. Um, a great example is, you know, over the holiday season, we sent out a survey to our database saying, "Hey, you know, we know this has been a rough year. How are you doing? What resources do you need access to? Do you need help putting a meal on the table? Do you need help putting gifts under the tree? How can we, you know, serve you?" And we were able to address the needs of every individual in that database that came back and said they needed help, some on our own, and most because other families responded to that survey saying, we're okay, but how can we help our fellow fans? Oh, wow. And that's not something that you see in the NFL or the NBA or NHL or or any MLB. You know, it's different. This really is a community of people that care. And it's kind of, you know, it's interesting because I think there's this hunger for the entertainment of world-class sports and this like deep need for the bond of a welcoming, socially enlightened community. Both of which the red stars are uniquely poised to offer. Mm -hmm. So I really think that's played into our success.
0: You sound very, very passionate. And that brand voice is like, gosh, if you would have gotten any other job before this red star, I, I really would like to I, I would almost be um, I would be excited to see what you would be doing other than this, because it just is like, it, it doesn't feel like it would be a fit other than this position. Like this is the perfect job for you right now. And yeah. it's, it sounds like there's so much passion. So for you as an individual, and I'm guessing you're you're constantly learning and having to work in other industries and anything like that. What's been for the for you professionally with the Red Stars? What's been the biggest failure, and how did you kind of learn from it?
1: Oh gosh, that's a great question. I think um, the biggest failure was me accepting some of the things that had been done in the past whether at the Mm. league level or the team and just saying oh well that that's how they do it in sports instead of challenging it Um, you know things like how they would release you know new merch or you know at what point in time they would announce this or that and i kind of went along with it for a little bit which isn't my style. (laughs) And I I think I regretted it in the end, Um, you know, that I just kind of went along with it. And it's not that anything that they had done in the past was wrong. It's just that, you know, I I think I needed to take a step back and remember, they hired me for a fresh perspective. They hired me to challenge them and to Mm -hmm. look at these things. And I have to start questioning, why do we have to do it that way? And sometimes there's a good reason and sometimes there's not. So for me, um, you know, I guess what I learned after my first few months of just kind of accepting what was put in front of me and and being told, well, that's how they do it in sports, um, was to push back. And I think it's made us better. We've done some untraditional things. Our kit launch, you know, granted it was partially COVID forced us to be, uh, you know, to think outside of the box, but it was a virtual event like we've never had, and there were, you know, attendees from way outside of the state of Illinois, which was incredible. And we were trending on Twitter that night. Like, who would have thought? Wow. So, just finding ways to um, to, to push back—that's what I learned. You know, that's 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 why people hire you is because they want to hear your opinion. Um, and if they don't, it's probably not the right job. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, I just, um, I've gone in, I've dove in headfirst after that.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. What, a, what are you excited for in the future? Personally.
1: There's, oh my gosh, there's so much. Um, I'm excited for all of the people who are starting to realize the incredible opportunity in front of them. Um, whether that be you know, new owners who are trying to come into the league and start teams or join existing ownership groups, whether that's um, brands who are realizing, we gotta sponsor this. Like, this speaks to people on such a deeper level than just sports. Like, what an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for a day when I can take Lucy to a game and the stands are full, and I can say, I helped with this. I'm excited for a day when little boys are just as likely to tune in to a woman's sport as a man's and when, you know, little girls can dream without boundary and where the men that support them can dream alongside them. Like, that's what I'm excited for. And I hope I get to see it in my lifetime. I feel like we're on that track, but it's going to be a long journey.
0: Wow. That's inspirational. I started like just daydreaming on like everything that you were picturing. And that's, it's something that even I'm excited for. And there's so many people that are listening that are, that share the same or similar um, goals and aspirations. So Mm -hmm. when we talk about you personally, Lindsay, Mm -hmm. when I say when it's all said and done, What impact do you want to leave on the world? What comes to mind?
1: I mean, I just want to leave it a little better than I found it. And I want to have inspired and helped the next generation of women coming into this, not just on the field, but in the boardroom. Mm. And to have given them the tools to carry the torch forward. Um, This is going to be a long fight and it's not going to end with me. And so, you know, when opportunities come to me like doing this podcast or when students email me and say like, hey, uh, you know, I'm doing this project about I've got to interview somebody who has a job I want. Like, can I talk to you? I, I try to take every single one of those opportunities. Those might end up being more important than what I do at the Red Stars. If I can inspire the next, you know, female CEO or the next female GM or owner of a team, like, wow, how humbling and incredible would that be? Um, so, so those are the, the things, too. You know, don't underestimate the little actions. They mean a lot um, and, and can really impact somebody's career path or belief in themselves. So I just want to leave it a little better, and I want to inspire and, and set the next generation up to continue this fight.
0: I'm going to ask for your opinion now. What, uh, how long do you think it would take for Milwaukee to get a rival team to the <laughs> Red Stars?
1: Well, I don't know that they'll ever have a team that can rival us because we're just so good. Um, you know, anything is possible. Like, the league is expanding at a phenomenal rate. You know, we just, we just um, if you've been following along, like, L.A. is going to mm-hmm. be joining the fold. Louisville's coming on next year. That's a really great, um, you know, kind of battle state for us because you can road trip there. Um, so it's anything's possible. If anyone's listening, you want to start a team in Milwaukee, like, Get in touch with the NWSL. Find an ownership group. Like, Make it happen. Um, and if you can't right now, come hang out with us. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. Well, Lindsay, I appreciate you jumping on the Stranger On Purpose podcast. Last question I have for you is where can people find you? Where can people find out more about the Red Stars and uh, f- follow your journey, uh, Lindsay? Oh,
1: gosh. That's a great question. Um, ChicagoRedStars.com. Uh, we're on all of the major social platforms. Our handles are always Chicago Red Stars, uh, so follow us there. Um, we are going to be launching an app this season. Ooh. So depending on when this episode comes out, we may or may not be live. Um, but around May, uh, if you're you're listening, check out the app store. Look for the Chicago Red Stars app um, and spread the word. You know, come out to a game. Find me on LinkedIn. Say hey. You know, we're we're. <laughs> We're here, we're in, in the Midwest community. We want to be a resource for um, you know your women's sports needs, but also just to inspire and connect and, and be a part of the community. So follow us and, and say hi.
0: Thank you so much for jumping on the Strange on Purpose podcast. And I look forward to hopefully doing this again in the future when there's hopefully a title under the belt and we can talk about that as yes.
1: well. Yes. <laughs> yes, I would love that. Thank you for having me, and I hope we can have you out to a game this year.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Strange On Purpose podcast. I literally would not be able to do anything without you listening. So it's been awesome to see all the different places that people are listening and everything like that. If you want to support, please check us out on Instagram or tell your friends to check out an episode. You listening today means the absolute world to me and I cannot thank you enough.